today's message is entitled, Protect the Soil of Your Soul. Protect the Soil of Your Soul. Soil of our soul is the internal environment that we've taken responsibility to cultivate. It's where the dreams that God has spoken to us take root. It's where the vision we have for our life begins. It's where God whispers the promises and the good future he has for us. These all take root in the soil of our soul. You know, Proverbs, it's a book that's written by King Solomon. And outside of Jesus, especially in Jewish and Judeo-Christian understanding of history, they recognize that this is, in a lot of ways, one of the wisest books ever written by one of the wisest men who ever lived. And I say that to preface this truth, because if you're new to the faith, or you would even say, hey, I don't, I'm not even a Christian yet, you'll recognize the power of this one verse that I'm going to share, Proverbs 4, 23. And you know it, if you've been around church, you know it, and don't even know, you know it. Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. And in the New Living Translation, it says this, because it determines the direction of your life. Taking care of, if you will, the soil of our soul is so vitally important to the future that God has for us. I want you to think about a seed, okay? You're a seed. I want you to think about the way God has wired you, the promises that he's specifically spoken to you. They take root in a culture that we've created. Right? And sometimes the soil of our souls got a few too many weeds, somebody. Sometimes we haven't watered it enough. Sometimes we, 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 <laughs> we've planted other seeds that have no right being near the seed of promise that God has spoken in and over our life. A short parable Jesus would share, I think, is in some cases, one of his most profound. It's found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We're going to bring it up, but if you have your Bibles, you could turn to Mark, chapter 4. And it's called the Parable of the Sower. Parable of the Sower. And four different soils are listed. Read along with me. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he had to get in a boat and sit out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in parables, here's the Greek terminology for that. It literally, it's a visual. It's a truth that if you're walking down the road, it's a truth that you see or you notice. It's a Greek term called parabolos. Literally, it brings a visual to mind. And so it's a visual example of a truth that Jesus is wanting to share. And so here he says, he says, 
Teaching them, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. If you continue to go down, I love the, the, the transparency of the disciples. They wanted to know the truth, but sometimes they needed some explaining because Jesus' parables weren't for everybody to understand. But the disciples would hear it, and they, they could kind of piece together some of it, like, oh, that's interesting. But then oftentimes, he'd have to pull away and say, let me explain it a little bit plainer for you. And that's what Jesus does in this case. Those four soils, I believe, represent four. Four potential soils that you and I are invited to consider. The first is along the path, okay? So the seed is, is out there. Listen, this isn't that deep. Jesus sharing, and he wants you to get it, okay? Along the path, the seed sown. Well, Jesus would say, listen, that seed has been sown, but here's what happens. The enemy, the enemy of the soul comes along, and he steals it quickly. It's unprotected. It's just scattered out there. The enemy comes in and he just steals it very quickly. The next is along the rocky places. And this is that when the seed comes and it's shallow soil, so it grows quite quickly. It grows quite deep. But then trouble or persecution comes because of that seed. And it suffocates it. It takes the life away from the seed this planted. Next up is among thorns. <laughs> Where we all be at from time to time. Worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things come in and suffocate that seed. You ever had that happen? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise it for you. Okay. Let's put, 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 <laughs> It happens. But then, but then the good soil. And that's my prayer today is that we would be good soil for the promises that God's spoken or the promises that are yet to come. That we would hear it, accept it, and produce a crop. We have the responsibility to protect the soil of our soul. It's interesting, sometimes, spiritually, we just believe, really, God is interested at times, but he's not involved. The reality is, no, God is interested, God is involved, but you have to take responsibility to protect the soil of your soul. How many of you, let me just see a show of hands, how many of you would say, you're pretty good at lawn care? Let me just see your hand. Whew. You know this message? This is what we just doubled. We're going to take our time. Right? Like two over here, three over here. 
Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I'm with you. My hand's not raised. But I've heard. I've heard the things I'm about to say. Soil is many times the most important piece in bearing fruit. A lot of times if you go to, I was about to say the grocery store, you can get these at some grocery stores, but if you go to Home Depot, you go to Lowe's, or you visit Amazon.com, you order some seeds to plant something. You're excited because in the packaging, there's almost always a plant that is flourishing with wonderful fruit. Amen? It's bad marketing if it's a dead tree on the front of the package you're buying. <laughs> so it's always the end finished product, and you're excited. You're anything like me, you're like, yeah, this is what it's going to look like. But they fail to mention <laughs> how important where and at times when you plant that seed. See, soil has to be cultivated. It has to be given time. It has to be given, so I have heard, sunlight and water and fertilizing. A father reminded me very graciously this past week, son, it's time for pre-emergent. Get on it. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's good to have people in your life who care more about your lawn than you do, isn't it? <laughs> For some of you, it's neighbors. Um, no kidding. This is a little rabbit trail. This will be fun. Okay, just has nothing, I don't think, to do with the message. So before we bought our home, we rented when we moved up here. And uh, how many of you know, let's just be honest. With a rental, you, we did take great care of things on the inside, okay? But sometimes you're busy. Am I right? If you're planning a church, if you're new to an area, it's not like your schedule's wide open to always take care of your yard every day. And so where we rented, we always kept it mowed, but we had a neighbor, I kid you not, she didn't appreciate the dandelions as much as we did, all right? She didn't know that we, we, we wanted them to flourish for our daughter to be able to pick them and give them to Kelly. So I, I, kid, I kid you not. She straight up came over with, uh, with one of those hand fertilizing. She hooked up our whole yard with weed and feed, somebody. Come on, man. I didn't know whether to feel bad or just say, thank you, Lord, for your favor over our life. I'm still a little confused about it. But it's important. Listen, I say all that to say it's important, right? The soil's important. And... God's word, Jesus is sharing a parable with the people, and he's saying, listen, listen, it's very important because seed will be planted, no doubt. Seed has been planted in your life. Seed has been planted. Sometimes it is the seed of salvation, but after that, most often it's God dreams. It's God promises. It's God whispers in the night. Or when he brings somebody across your path to expand your vision and you become hopeful, you become uh, uh, inspired, you begin to see what is possible. And it's like you could feel the wind at your back. And Jesus is saying, listen, that's like a seed that is planted. But you have to, you have to be wise to understand that there are tactics at play. Some are external, somebody. 
When it's just thrown on the ground, so to speak, the enemy does come. I have seen, I have felt the enemy come. Sometimes the greatest spiritual warfare we ever face is between here and here. The enemy of our soul. The moment a dream arises, he's got 101 reasons why it's not going to work out. It's a seed sowed along the path. I thank God, I think about our, our church and, 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 and moving to be planted. I thank God that in the moment where that seed was so vulnerable, I had not only people, but I had my pastor in my life who looked across me at lunch and said, God's going to do it. He gave a little churchy talk. God's going to do it, man of God. And I was like, amen. I had no idea what was ahead. I was like, of course he is. It's going to be easy, breezy, easy like a Sunday morning. Come on. Which ain't true for anybody who serves on a Sunday, right? But here's the deal. But I'm so, I'm so grateful. But can I tell you, there's been other times that God's put something across my path. Paul, would you believe it? Would you make room for it? And my logic has limited the word of God in and over my life. Sometimes the enemy sends people across our path. Yeah, that's where I was going. Just remember. So that happened in Florida. I moved to Indiana. Part of the church planning network we're a part of, which one of the reasons we partnered with the Association of Related Churches, ARC, one of the reasons they're high honor. And so they encourage church planters. Man, don't, don't, don't just go into a, re, re, a region and just think you're the greatest thing to ever come to the region. I'm like, that's a good word. We shouldn't do that. They said, come in and honor and care and, and just bless other ministries and other pastors. So we've tried to always steward that in our hearts. And I remember we came up first. This is the first pastor I went to. I'm there, and I, I got, you know, a little, I didn't know what to say, just, hey, so grateful you're in the area. Thank you for serving so faithfully, loving people, reaching people with Jesus, you know. And then we put a big old, it wasn't that big, it was like 25, church planner, right? 25 Panera card in the envelope. So excited, took it over to him, and we were talking, and he's like, oh, why are you here? Why? Why plant a life-giving church here? Don't you see we've got all sorts of churches? I'm like, I do. I do. And he's like, yeah, don't you know this is a church-planting graveyard? And then he begins to list all these churches that didn't make it. I didn't even need a revelation from God in that moment. I just looked at him and silently in my inner man said, one and done. I ain't ever meeting with you again. <laughs> I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to keep my space. Why? Protect your soil. Protect your soil. I didn't go, oh, God, why am I here? You know, that would come later a little bit. But in that moment, I'm like, God, what? I didn't, I didn't, I just realized, ooh, I do not even need to turn my discern dar on. I can't be near you. Good thing is he never called back, so that, that, that made it easy, you know. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's so vital, you know. But there are other times, there are other times that the seed that God has put, the promises that he said, the worries of this life, we can get overwhelmed 
the deceitfulness of wealth, right? Those moments, God checks our motive. But the good soil, the good soil are those moments. Come on. It's you have good soil. You are cultivating good soil. Every time you come here, every time you meet with the Lord in your home, every time you turn off talk radio, somebody, and turn on some praise and worship, what are you doing? You're protecting your soil. Like, it's important to know the news, but you only need like 12 minutes, and you're probably good for the whole day. You keep that noise going in the background? Come on. Can I step on your toes? Thank you. Sometimes it's easier to be discipled by a news station than it is the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't have gone there. You're right. Um, moving right along. But I'm just saying, listen. And when we wonder, man, why, why, why am I discouraged? Why am I so overwhelmed? Well, it's, be, it's because you, you, you're not protecting your soil. And so here's what we got to do. We got to do Pull up some weeds. Pull up the weeds. Protecting your soil. Sometimes you just got to address what you have to address. Not external, internal. Okay, what weeds are going on here? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10, it says this. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Jeremiah was a prophet to the, the nations, also a prophet to Israel. We understand that. But I believe sometimes when it comes to our own internal world, it can be good to glean from the prophets. To understand, man, there are just times you have to uproot, and it is painful. But it is necessary for new growth to happen. Just is. Uproot weeds from your soul. I put here, it can be painful to lose a close friend, but sometimes it's necessary. The Lord is in it. He is uprooting weeds from your soul. If that is happening by chance, don't tell your friend they're a weed, all right? <laughs> right? They don't need to know. <laughs> but sometimes in life, God is ending a career. And you may just be flipping out, freaking out because a door's closing. You may be so distracted and so disappointed. My encouragement to you is maybe, just maybe, God's opening another door for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your friendships. Every negative is not always a negative. Sometimes it is pulling up the weeds that are choking out the life that is needed. Second, fertilize the soil. We've had some fun. <laughs> some fun with that. I've been a little transparent with that. I got neighbors fertilizing my yard for me. <laughs> it must be a favorite thing because I remember last summer... Uh, True Green showed up, started spraying. You remember? You told me about that, babe. True Green starts spraying our yard. And uh, Kelly went out there and was all honest, saying, what are you doing here? You, you don't need to be doing this. Because I had taken care of the lawn, y'all. And she's like, what are, what are you doing here? And they're like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be spraying your yard. Kelly's like, 
No, I think it's the neighbor's yard. I would have just stayed silent, but she is a woman. <laughs> she <laughs> asked forgiveness later. So, okay, maybe that's, uh, you're right. And it's amazing because that little strip of the yard looked really good. <laughs> but I mean this genuinely. It's not about just pulling up weeds. Yes, that's important. But how many of you know in a waiting season or from moving from point A to point B, you know you've got a promise, you know you've got direction, you know that a breakthrough, that a, that, that a prayer need or whatever it may be is going to come to happen and come to pass. There's that waiting season. It's important to pull up the weeds for sure. You really need to be careful what voices and even what visions people may be projecting into your life. You need to maybe uproot some things, but it's equally as important to fertilize the soul, to fertilize your soil. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, this is where it gets important about the people that are around you. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. In some church circles, encouragement is underrated. In our church culture, it's not. I pray we always remain a church that inspires and encourages because we know how difficult life can be on a day in and day out basis. I know the sting of an ill-timed text or the regret of getting on social media and scrolling too far for too long or hearing some news that invades your life. It's important, though, that we have people around us, people to speak life, to speak hope, to encourage, to really encourage means to infuse with courage. And Paul knows that about the early, early church, the church in Thessalonica. He knew the persecution, the difficulties, the disappointments that they would face, not only in their vertical relationships, sometimes with unmet expectations, which we all experience, but in their horizontal relationships. When family would disown them or walk away. And people couldn't understand their excitement or their passion. And Paul would come alongside and said, encourage each other. Build each other up. That's what I'm talking about a little bit when I say fertilize the soil. You get the seed in the right soil, it begins to grow somebody. And the same is true for your life. For some of you, you may be new to church community. You'll never hear me say we're perfect, but we really want to be healthy as best we can. Do we make mistakes? I'm sure. Not me, but I'm, some, I'm sure some other people. <laughs> Will we make mistakes? I'm sure, but we want to be healthy. What I say that, I say that to say you know this true, not even in church world. You know this true because you've worked for some places. You were limited. You were capped off. You couldn't fulfill your dreams or passions. Any excitement, you'd bring something to the table and get shot down. Listen, we can do that three times, but then as it continues, it can, it can be harboring in our soul. You know what it's like, and then all of a sudden you shift careers or you shift your job. You shift sometimes your location. And what happened? It was different soil. You begin to flourish. You begin to grow. It's important that we don't just always pray for it to happen, but we partner with God to intentionally move forward. Pulling up weeds. You don't need to pray for God to be taking somebody out. 
You just distance yourself from them, all right? You fertilize the soil, and then last here, I will. This is, this is perhaps the most important. You water, water, excuse me. You water the soil of your soul. You take responsibility. I remember reading a book by uh, Pastor Bill Johnson. It's called Strengthen Yourself in the Lord. And he based it off of the story of King David. How King David had gone out to battle. While he was out in battle, the enemy had snuck back and destroyed their town. And took their children and their wives. It was a real low point. And then to add insult to injury, his own army was now weapons drawn against him. And then scripture says something so unique. It says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's that personal responsibility to water the soil of our soul. You never outgrow it. I never outgrow needing to meet with God in prayer. Never. I never have reached a place where I've read scripture enough. I've never reached a point where I am so spiritual, I don't need community. I, 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 I mean, I may have in my mind at times, but I've always recognized how important the word, worship, being in God's presence, right? Fasting, silence, solitude, all these spiritual disciplines, what do they do? They begin to water the seed that God has promised over our life. I hope that encouraged you and inspires you to move in that direction over God's word that he's planted inside of you. We believe here you're not created on accident. You don't believe God in heaven was confused and there you were. (laughs) You're not an accident. God knows you by name, created you on purpose, for a purpose. Part of the journey, though, is recognizing the personal responsibility to protect the soil of your soul. Sometimes I wonder how many dreams are left unfulfilled. Because we let weeds in our life suffocate new growth from taking place. I wonder how many dreams are unfulfilled because a negative thought took root, talked us out of things when we should have been stepping in. I wonder how many businesses are yet to be started, marriages yet to be formed, families yet to be created. Protect, protect the soil of your soul. God's up to good things. And we want to be good soil, amen? Amen. So when that dream comes along, man, it just fits right in line with all the other seeds we've been planting. We've taken care of it. Now we're partnering with God and we're patient. Because we're patient people, right? Last week's message did it all for us. We are patient people, right? So we can protect the seed of our soil and the rate of growth, we leave up to him. But as the Lord looks to us, we've taken care of the weeds. We even got some miracle growth going on. 
We're partnering with Him, trusting with Him because He's got good days ahead.